Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And today we're doing what we call the lightning round, uh, which, <laughs> with sound effects, which is just uh, some questions that came in that probably aren't... Um, enough to uh, to do a whole episode. And so we're just going to address uh, three questions that have come in from our listeners. And as always, if you have a question that you'd like to submit uh, that you would uh, perhaps like to have uh, as the subject of a future podcast, uh, go to enterthebible.org and give us your question. We, we can't address all the questions that come in, but we do our best. So we're going to do uh, this lightning round on three uh, questions that came in. Uh, the first one of which, uh, well, let me just give them all to you and we'll we'll do them in this order. First question is, what is the call to Abraham? Second question is, what is a good online Bible? Uh, and the third one is, uh, I've heard that there will be two who return prior to Christ's return. One is Elijah, who is the second one? So kind of a mixture of uh, theological, biblical, and just kind of practical. Practical, questions. yeah, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so first one, what is the call to Abraham? Uh, okay. Go ahead. Are you asking me? Or is this a pop quiz? <laughs> this is a pop quiz from my Old Testament professor, everyone. Uh, let me see. Okay. So the call to Abraham is, well, the call or the, okay, I'm going to mess this one up so bad because I was thinking <laughs> like the covenant, which was, um, posterity and land and blessed to be a blessing that Abraham would be blessed to like bless the entire world. His posterity would bless the world. But maybe, um, maybe I'm getting that mixed up and the call to Abraham is something else. You passed. Did I fail? You you, passed. 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 (laughs) No, I mean, I guess I'm not completely sure, uh, what our listener, uh, is asking about, but let's talk about two different things. One, and, and they're and they're connected. So the call to Abraham uh, is just what you said, Katie, and mm. if we find it first in Genesis twelve, mm-hmm. uh, and it's combined with a call to Abraham to leave his kindred and his his father's household uh, and the land where he grew up in Mesopotamia, and to go to a land that God uh, will show him. Um, but included in that, and it's a radical call, right? Because uh, there's Abraham, he's 75, he doesn't have any children. Uh, God tells him to get up and leave basically his social safety net, right? His father's household, his kin, his tribe, uh, and to go to a new land. Uh, and that's that's a pretty radical thing to do today, but especially in the ancient world where your family really is your social security, right? As you get older. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But included in that call uh, is, uh, is as you, as you already said, Katie, uh, a threefold uh, promise to Abraham. So the key verses are Genesis 12, one through three. Now the Lord said to Abram, he's known as Abram then, not Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. There's the first part, right? Uh, Meaning uh, you will have offspring. You know, you'll be the father of a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So uh, first promise is of, of offspring, that Abraham will be the father of a great nation. Second is the blessing, you will be a blessing uh, to all the nations. And then the third one comes just a few verses later in verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So the third part of the promise is land. And that uh, that promise really plays a huge role in the rest of the of the Old Testament, certainly, uh, perhaps even the whole Bible. And then, yeah, I would say, like, I think Paul sees... Jesus as fulfilling those promises to Abraham, right? That's not a, we've talked about this, I think several times, especially um, recently just had a conversation with uh, AJ Levine about avoiding anti-Semitism in our interpretation of the, the New Testament. And I think a key to that is understanding that it's not a discontinuity from the promises God made to Abraham when Jesus comes and and then Paul, you know, uh, is called to be a missionary to the Gentiles. But actually, that's the fulfillment, uh, or Paul sees that as the fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham, that through through Abraham and through the Jewish people, the entire world would be blessed. Like, God sees Jesus being the one through whom then Gentiles are grafted into those promises, right, as right. he talks about yeah, in yeah, Romans. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that that's a central th- central theme throughout all of scripture. I think it's kind of one of the most important touchstones to kind of understand what what the story of scripture is and yeah. like how it all connects together. Yeah, I mean, arguably the rest of the Bible is kind of a working out of these promises. And certainly in the yeah. Old Testament, it's, you know, this this is the the family, right? Abraham and Sarah and their mm-hmm. descendants. This is the family that whose story occupies the whole rest uh, of the Old Testament and moving into the New Testament. Um, I want to say a couple things about one, that promise is reiterated to Isaac, uh, their son in Genesis 26, and then again to Jacob, their grandson in Genesis 28. And it plays a huge role in, uh, in Exodus where uh, the people worship the golden calf and God's ready to destroy them, right? These descendants of Abraham. And Moses <laughs> brings up this promise that God makes all the way back in Genesis 12 to convince God not to destroy the people, right? God says, remember what you said. Remember what you promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Uh, it's like, you know, those arguments where y- you know you've won the argument if you can quote the person the, back the to person's own words it's so it's frustrating like, well, you right. said <laughs> you said right remember when you said exactly remember when you promised which is uh-huh. so frustrating when you're on the other end of it but i know my my kids use that on me all the time yeah. you said we could do this and that <laughs> uh, dang it i did <laughs> fine so in, so yeah so in exodus 32 god God uh, does not destroy the people because of that promise. Now, Moses has other parts of the argument too, but that's another story. But uh, so this promise, I think it's important to note, the promise binds God, right? As well as Mm. the people, right? That Mm. God will be faithful to God's promises, which is what Paul talks about in Romans as well, what you just referenced before, right? God will be faithful to to God's own promises, uh, even when the people don't hold up their side of the bargain. So uh, so this promise, yeah, is not just binding on Abraham and his descendants, but but on God, uh, God's self. Um, and the last thing I want to say about it, and then I'll hand it back to you, Katie, is 
um, that that one phrase, right? Through uh, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Uh, lots of people have trouble with this promise to Abraham, right? Because it seems like God's playing favorites. It's the it's the 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 theme of election, right? Of God right. choosing a particular people. Uh, but that doesn't seem that doesn't seem fair in a sort exactly. of Western egalitarian, exactly. you know, democratic society. We don't like that very much. But but here, you know, they're blessed not for their own sake, or at least not only for their own sake. I think I think there is a special relationship there. But they're blessed in order to be a blessing, right? They're the conduit conduit through which God's blessing will flow to the whole world. So uh, yeah. Lots more could be said about the call to Abraham or the blessing of Abraham. Well, I remember um, my uh, the senior pastor at the church where I where I am also a pastor, um, but I guess a junior pastor. I don't know, like a, a lesser. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he did a he did a great he did a great. So we're doing the narrative lectionary, which it means that on Sundays we kind of go through. We, we read the story of the Bible kind of in order throughout the whole year so that people can get a sense for what the kind of narrative arc of the whole Bible is. And when we were in the, you know, when we were in the part about, um, about the call to Abraham and Abraham's blessing, I thought he did a great job at sort of pointing out how um, a lot of times when you're called um, and you're blessed, um, it's kind of a bummer for you. <laughs> There's a lot of suffering <laughs> that goes along with that in the scripture. And you think about all of the suffering of, you know, the prophets and you think of all of the suffering of, you know, the Jewish people throughout the centuries. And you think of Jesus suffering and dying on the cross. And you think of us being called to take up our crosses and follow Jesus into death itself, you know, like, it's not um it's not hashtag blessed right right it's right. not exactly. it's not uh it's not about money and power and status but most of the time when god calls you and blesses you right think of the beatitudes blessed are those who mourn blessed are those who are persecuted you know, uh, who are persecuted yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of a drag to be called and blessed <laughs> <laughs> from a biblical standpoint and so maybe that reminds us a little bit that it's not like a power play yeah. in that kind of way that we might hear that through our you know western 21st century ears yeah no that's an excellent point i i totally agree with what you said it's not hashtag blessed you know look at my beautiful yeah. children and house and house right. or whatever it's right uh, blessing you know sometimes I think the chosen people are like, can't you choose somebody else? Right. <laughs> choose <laughs> choose these other people. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I feel that way sometimes, like in my own callings and vocations. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You want me to do what now? You want me to have patience for who? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, so. But but yeah. it is it is in the end a real blessing, obviously, because it's in that choosing that there's a, a relationship with the God of Israel, the God of Jesus Christ, with Jesus. So, uh, yeah. But we should probably move on since yeah. it's, it's a, a lightning round. Uh, we go. So, thank you for that question, whoever submitted it. Uh, here's one. another one that uh, should be uh, a sh 
easier to answer or shorter to answer. What is a good online Bible? I'd like one I can access on my phone and iPad. Yeah, so I I have a I have a couple on my phone. My phone is broken. Uh-oh. I can't I can't touch it. So here it is. If you're on YouTube, you can see I can't put in any numbers to like log in. Anyway, so I can't show you. But um the uh the one that I use most of the time is Bible Gateway. Um, which is awesome. Um, it has a whole bunch of different versions of uh, the Bible and you can search it and it's really cool. And then another one that I have on my phone is called Dwell. It's called the Dwell app and it is an audio version of the Bible that is quite beautiful. It has beautiful music, the people that read it, they have several different voices from like different with different you can tell backgrounds and ethnicities and stuff like that. And they read it, it, they read it really well. It's lovely. And so that is another one. Sometimes I'll put that on when I'm, you know, walking or driving or something like that. And you can kind of um, listen and it's lovely. So those are a couple that I use and they both have um, apps for your, for your phone or iPad. I would add probably uh, a couple more. I, I use Bible Gateway as well. Uh, I wasn't familiar with Dwell. I'll have to check that out. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, it's, it's uh, nice. Bible Gateway is useful. As Katie said, there's many, many different uh, translations of the Bible, many different English translations. I don't uh, don't know if there's other languages there, uh, but Bible Gateway. Uh, BibleStudyTools.com uh, is uh, another one that is uh, helpful to, um, very, I think, similar to Bible Gateway, uh, you can search for verses or particular words. Um, the la- One other one I want to mention, this is more of an, uh, a little more academically focused. Uh, it's called the NET Bible, N-E-T, Bible.org. Um, so NET stands for New English Translation. So it is just one, trans- one English trans- translation of the Bible, a very good English translation, a modern one, netbible.org. But the nice thing about this website is that it has the original Hebrew and Greek. Uh, so obviously Old Testament and Hebrew, New Testament in Greek. Uh, so if you have um, an interest in the original languages in Hebrew or Greek, I would highly recommend the Net Bible uh, because it can help you, even a, even a beginner, to kind of see the nuances uh, from the original languages, and it has study notes uh, saying, you know, why they translated a verse in a particular way. Uh, so uh, that's another one I would recommend. But it's not, uh, it's perhaps not for kind of daily Bible reading. It's more for if you want to kind of do a deep dive into a particular text uh, or a particular word. So uh, one one that's similar to that that I used uh, when I was in seminary is Bible Hub. Biblehub.com. And that one actually does have a bunch of different translations. And it also has the um, the Hebrew and the Greek. So like when I took um, Hebrew and Greek, which heaven bless me, I remember nothing from, uh, you know, it would have it would have it kind of in English and then it would have it like below, like then it would have the, um, the original language below. Yeah. And then it would have like transliterations like it would have. Yeah, it so it kind of does something similar if you're wanting to get 
into the original languages. Interlinear is the word. My our producer Ben just popped that in our, in our chat. Thank you, Ben. That's the so, word I was so let's list struggling all of them. for. Uh, again, so Bible Gateway, Bible Study Tools, Net Bible, Bible Hub, Dwell, Dwell, which is the audio app. Okay, and. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's a bunch. There's a bunch of great resources. Okay. Of course, enter the Bible.org. We don't have the whole Bible on there, but lots and lots of good Bible study and uh, you know information there. Good. All right. Third question uh, for the lightning okay. round. Uh, I've heard that there will be two people who return prior to Christ's return. One is Elijah. Who is the second one? All right. So. This is a little esoteric. I don't know this one. Right. I fail. I'll I'll jump in. Okay. Uh, okay. So, um, this is going to get into several different texts. So maybe we can put those in the notes under the podcast. But uh, first, the first text to mention is Second Kings two, which is where Elijah ascends into heaven. And Elijah, of course, as I'm sure our listeners know, is a very prominent uh, prophet. In the Old Testament, uh, we read about him in First and Second Kings. So Second Kings, Second Kings two uh, is where Elijah is taken up uh, by a fiery chariot into heaven, and uh, Elisha, his his uh, disciple, his successor, uh, watches him ascend and receives Elijah's power and Elijah's robe. Um, so Elijah is taken up bodily into heaven. This is the this is the the story in scripture. And so then the second text to mention is Malachi four, Malachi four verses five and six, where the God through the prophet says, "I will send Elijah before the day of the Lord, before the great and powerful day of the Lord." So just as Elijah is taken up into heaven, so according to Malachi four, he will come back before the day of the Lord, before uh, before the end times or at the, at the beginning of the end times. Uh, and you can kind of see the, the, uh, you know, the, the reasoning there, right? Because, because Elijah is taken up bodily into heaven, he's, he doesn't die. Uh, he will come back, uh, from heaven to, uh, to before the, uh, before the Messiah comes. We see this, uh, even today in, uh, this belief, even in Passover celebrations where, uh, traditionally a chair is left empty for Elijah. Uh, because Elijah mm. will be one who comes before the Messiah comes. Um, but who's the, uh, so So it's pretty clear that, you know, Eli Elijah will come back uh, before the Messiah. Uh, by the way, Christ is just the Greek uh, translation of uh, Messiah, Mashiach in Hebrew, the anointed one, the, the, the son of David that will come back uh, at the end times. We Christians, of course, believe that Jesus uh, was uh, the Messiah. Um, I, I liked how A.J. Levine put it. Uh, oh, yeah. When the Messiah comes or comes again. Yeah, when the Messiah comes or comes again. <laughs> comes back again. Right. We'll see who's right. The Christians will see. <laughs> that was funny. All right, I but who's that. this other figure? Well, um, it's the prophet. It's just, just the prophet. So, Going back earlier in the biblical canon, uh, another text to look at is Deuteronomy 18, 15, where Moses says, uh, God will send a prophet like me uh, and you shall pay heed to that prophet. Now, uh, Jewish tradition uh, um, 
read that verse, interpreted that verse uh, eventually as saying that there would be a figure, a prophet uh, like Moses, or perhaps even Moses himself, who would come back with Elijah uh, before the day of the Lord or before the Messiah. Now, uh, where where do we see all this uh, play itself out? Well, two other texts, this time, this time in the New Testament. So John chapter 1, turning in my Bible, I should have had it open. Um, so John the Baptist is asked by uh, the the priests and the Levites, uh, who are you? So I'm looking at uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 19. Uh, this is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. So that's the first thing, right? Are you the Messiah? Are you the son of David that's coming? He says, no, not the Messiah, not the Christ. And so then they ask him in verse 21, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not, mm. right? So are you the one that's coming before the Messiah? Are you Elijah? No. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. this is interesting. Their, their next question, are you the prophet? And he answered, mm. no, right? So they, you can see this, uh, this tradition, this belief about who's going to come uh, in this text. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer. He said, I'm the one of, uh, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Uh, he's quoting Isaiah 40. Um, and then in, just in verse 25, they asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Right? It's these three figures that are going to come back at the end times. And the other, this is the last text I'll mention, uh, in, uh, in the Gospels, we have the story of the transfiguration, right? Right. Where Jesus go, takes Peter, James, and John up to a mountaintop, uh, and, uh, and who appears there? Moses and Elijah. Right. Now, I grew up hearing that, you know, Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets. I've heard since, I've learned since from my Jewish friends that that's not quite it, that, uh, that that these are the three figures that will come at the end times, right? Jesus as the Messiah, Elijah himself, right, coming to prepare the way for the Messiah, and then the prophet, the preeminent prophet, not just any prophet, but Moses himself. So Moses mm. as the prophet who will come, Elijah as Elijah, and then Jesus as the Messiah. That's who we see on the Mount of Transfiguration. So the disciples see that and and they you know they know this uh this tradition this jewish tradition that these are the three figures at the end of time which is why of course peter wants to build three you know tabernacles three, three tents t- to, right. to stay up on the mountaintop so i think it's interesting like that the 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 phrase of the the way that the questioner phrased this is that there will be two who return prior to christ's return I think we might have talked about this before in another episode. I can't remember, but um, it, it sounds to me like that's maybe a misunderstanding of the of the biblical record because it sounds like they already came, and it wasn't for his return, but it was for his coming the first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. According to so, it's not like a right. So it's right. not. We're not. Um, there's probably, I don't know, I heard this too growing up that, you know, like before the, you know, before the end times and we, you know, I grew up in a tradition that believed there would be like this big 
war and there would be Armageddon and all these horrible things would happen. And like then the, you know, Elijah and this other dude would like show up and then Jesus would like come down on the Mount of, Mount of Olives or something like that, which is um, probably um, a lot of things that were meant to be taken symbolically that they have decided to be literal about. But I think it's like this has happened already. Yeah. We're not like waiting for it to happen again. It, it, we, it happened. Yay. Right. Yay. Right. Yeah. Done. No, I think, I think that's, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> okay. I, I think so. I mean, according to, according to the gospels, you had, yeah, Moses and Elijah yeah. show up on the Mount of Transfiguration as, right. a, as a sign that this is the Christ, right? That Jesus this is the Messiah, is. right. And yeah. it, I, it's worth noting that even though in John, John the Baptist says he's not, Elijah. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus says, yeah, he right. is Elijah. He right? is. He, he's, he is right. the figure like Elijah. Like yeah. Elijah. Like Elijah right. that will come. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. To prepare the way of the Lord. Yeah. So, yes. Awesome. That's uh, hopefully clarifies it a little more. But yes, I think the main point or the uh, an important point is what you said, Katie, that according to the biblical witness in the New Testament, this has already happened. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's it for this lightning round. We'll do another session with three other questions. Thank you again to those who sent the questions and uh, feel free to uh, offer your own questions on enterthebible.org where you will find more uh, videos and uh, um, um, podcasts and uh, essays and all kinds of things uh, to hopefully open the Bible uh, more fully for you so you can learn more about this uh, word of God to us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>